0: Um, after Lynn's testimony, I just thought I might, it might just be good to just pause for a moment. God only gave me one word for this morning, although I've added a few others. No, I think they're mostly from him. The word that I had when I was thinking about what I should share was treasure. And I just kept thinking about treasure. And the scripture references, we're going to look at some of those, and we can look at some of the situations where God talks about treasure, where Jesus talked about treasure, and what it is. Uh, uh, to him, but as I'm listening to Lynn's testimony, I, I'm I'm thinking there's treasure. There's treasure in that testimony, and uh, I'm really privileged. I feel really privileged to be able to be part of this body, uh, to be part of this network where those connections are so real that healing can come when you see one another. Healing can come in your interactions, because the Holy Spirit is at work. So I just want to thank God, before I start, really, for what we've already been hearing about, and uh, so, Father, I, I just thank you that you've made us to be part of this body, that you've joined us together to be a place where you can live by your Spirit. And, Father, in that testimony that Lynn shared this morning, Father, I pray that you would more than exceed his expectations. Thank you for those you've already given him. But Father thank you that this is a time of uh, special restoration Uh, and uh, Lord, we we bless your name for that treasure. Hallelujah. So um, treasure treasure well what is it? Um, when I looked in my Strong's Concordance, it told me that treasure comes from a word called thesaurus. Now, most of us know what a thesaurus is. It's one that you put lots of words in. And actually, it's like a treasury of words. And, um, but actually, the original word means a few other things as well. It's a place in which good things can be collected up. Good and precious things are collected up. Um, it's like a casket or a coffer, um, a box. It might be locked up because it's a treasury. It might be some big storehouse, a repository, or a magazine. Now, when the, when the, the writer is talking about a magazine, he's not talking about Radio Times. A magazine is a place you put things that are weapons or shells and things like that. Remember going around Tilbury Fort and you go around the magazine. And the magazine has got these really, really thick walls in case anything goes off inside it. So you had to keep that stuff secure as well. Um, so the treasure that God's given us has got this power about it. And um, last night I was chatting with um, some, some folks in my house and we were talking about what treasure meant to them. So here, here are a few things that we got from our conversations. Um, treasure doesn't always look like it at first. You have to do something to it sometimes to make you appreciate that that's what it is. Um, Recently, uh, we had a visiting speaker who talked about us being the treasure of God that the world can see. And um, the last one came... I remember, Steve, we were reminded... I'd already got this uh, in the talk, but this thing about our jarness. You know, God says he's given us treasure... In a jar of clay, and um, that means that somehow there's something very precious inside of us, which is actually quite uh, fragile and brittle and actually not that attractive. Um, so there's, there's something about treasure in our jarness. And and I'm going to try and make sure I cover all of those points. And there's another picture I wanted to show you. Um, this place is in Svalbard. Uh, now, I had Andy in the group, so of course. And his definition of treasure may be different to... So, does anyone know what... Well, it does say it's a global seed vault, right? It's a place, it's, um, it's uh, 810 miles from the North Pole, and every seed of every species of plant that we've ever found, there's one stored there, just in case something should happen, which is an amazing thing. It's an enormous place. It's underground, so... If uh, if something happens and we all get wiped out, apart from a few, you have to go to Svalbard to get your wheat seeds. Apparently, there's a few others as well, but they're not quite so close to the North Pole. But um, Andy's not here; this, he's out with the children this morning. But I felt I had to bring this to you as being his idea of treasure. This is buried treasure, isn't it? Uh, is there's something amazing about God's creation there that every that we there's that people thought of gathering up something to keep it safe. Now, Jesus told a story uh, about a man um, who went walking in a field, and um, he went walking through the field, and uh, he stubbed his toe. Ow, he said. He tripped over something, and it was hidden in the grass. (laughs) That's a good moan. Uh, He discovered that it was a treasure hidden in the field. So, um, what he did was he hid it again, and joyfully went on his way. Why was he joyful? Well, because he'd found something very precious. So what he did is he went and he sold everything that he had and uh, bought the field and then got hold of the treasure. Now, it's a funny thing. Why would you bury treasure? Well, one of the things I've learned from uh, helping my children with their primary school homework is that there was a man there, well, I'd already heard of him, Samuel Pepys, heard of Samuel Pepys? Great fire of London. What did he have in his back garden? Does anyone know? He had some cheese in his back garden, which he buried when he had to leave the, house, leave the town. He buried this cheese in the back garden to keep it safe. And this was a really common thing that you did. If you got something precious, you want to keep it safe, um, army, uh, kings would put grain stores underground. They'd obviously have to keep the grain dry, but they kept it all underground so it couldn't be found very easily. So this guy is walking around and he finds a hoard of coins uh, and he thinks oh, that's amazing i'm going to buy the field so i can get hold of those coins now jesus says that's like that's like the kingdom of heaven the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field when we realize what it's worth it's a cause of course a great joy and it's worth surrendering all that we have to get it so my as I'm thinking about treasure, can you see where my think, I'm thinking about treasure and I'm thinking about what did Jesus say about treasure? And I'm thinking, well here's a here's a story. So there's this thing of a treasure that's so valuable I need to surrender everything in order to receive it. So what else does Jesus say about treasure? Well, Jesus said, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves and governments break in and steal. Sorry, thieves (laughs) break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there is your heart. So uh, one story is this man who's found a treasure in the field and he's given up everything in order to get hold of the treasure. And in this one, Jesus is saying to the listeners, so where is your treasure? Don't store it up where it can disappear. Financial systems are incredibly fragile, but God's financial system is not. We live under the illusion that everything around us is permanent, but actually, it isn't. So first of all, I just want to think about: so what are treasures in heaven? So how how do you set about storing them up? And and just what does what's God talking about here? Well, first thing I think we need to appreciate that God's value system is not the same as ours. Um, here's another little story: um, Jesus was uh, sitting down in the temple near where people came to give their offerings, and um, uh, many rich people, looking very round, uh, came in and put their, put their money in. And uh, they did it with quite a bit of show, and uh, they were really happy with themselves. And then along came a widow, and she put in two very small copper coins, and they were worth only a few pennies. So do you think Jesus was pleased with that offering? Well, uh, the story goes, uh, yes. Yes. So Jesus not only was pleased with it, he said, you know what? Come and see what this woman has done. I tell you the truth, this widow, poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, she, all she had to live on. So, treasures in heaven, that's about making an offering, but treasures in heaven are, I think, not about amount. The offering that I give, that's not, it's not the amount that matters, but my heart and my willingness to yield. It's not about I have to, but it's because I want to. It's about grace. And it's not about your ability. So your service, for some people, they might be able to put in you know, the equivalent in service, you know, in thousands of pounds into this offering of myself, of oneself to, to God. But others may only be able to put in a few coins. What matters is I give what I can to him. And in doing so, there's a, there's a treasury. There's a deposit made in God's treasury. Now, is that the only place where this is talked about? Because this is Jesus. So, Jesus is always a bit extreme, you know, these things. We have to, you, have to, you know, sometimes look at the, a bit more of the Bible. So, did, did Paul write anything about this sort of thing? Well, actually, he did. Um, see, when, he, when uh, Paul wrote to Timothy, who was one of the young people he had leading in the church, that he trained and he felt was like a son to him, he said... Command those that are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. For in this way, they'll lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. So they may have, take hold of the life that is truly life. Now a few weeks ago I was talking about a life that was truly life. And I'm still mulling that over. And I'm intrigued that God should put in my head the word treasure. And I should end up coming back to a bit of the Bible that's telling me again about this life that's truly life. Life that's life in abundance. Life that's the life that he intends now, not all Bibles have the word treasure there. This is the NIV translation. Um, if you look at uh, the AV, New King James, various other things, um, they'll, they'll talk about um, a hoarding up, or they'll lay up a, de- um, a deposit, I think it is. I'm not quite sure quite what the word is. But the sense is it's something which has been kept because it's precious. And I just think it's interesting that when the NIV translators put it together, they chose to put the word treasure there. So what are the things we need to do to hoard up this treasure? Well, we need to do good. What is something that's good? Something that's genuine. Something that's real. Something that's precious. Something that's pure in heart. Something that's driven by love. How do you know if it's good? Is, is love at the centre? Just before uh, the meeting today, Leonie came up to me and said, I think it's all about love, which is always a good word, more or less. I'm translating slightly. But I think it is that love is key to deciding whether what you're doing is good or not. Am I motivated by love in this thing? Because God wants us to be. To be rich in good deeds rich that word rich by the way is exactly the same word that's rich for having money and it's in the previous verse it's all the same it means to, have, to be wealthy to be abounding um, to be abundantly supplied having eternal possessions Good. excellent the groaning wind is definitely adding that sense of atmosphere Good. So, um, let just have a think about that. So, these are the things I'm to do. To do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. Okay. This week we were looking at the Bible in Dulos. And um, one of the things we were talking about is, is Bible study as in Meditating. And I want to go back to the Matthew 6 scripture, which talks about for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And uh, one of the things that the notes encourage us to do is to read things, but emphasize different words. So, here you are. This is the conclusion. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. But Try reading it like this. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. My encouragement to you this morning My encouragement to you this morning is to think about where your heart is What do you give time to? What do you think about? How well do you value what God's given you? And is there a, va- a harmony between what I believe and how I live? I should point out that that previous verse, if, that when I was talking about that, that was to to actually a, a way of meditating. So obviously, just reading it out doesn't have exactly the effect that I was uh, thinking of. Okay. So how can I tell where my treasure is? What I'd like you to do is um, just have a moment, take a moment to to reflect on those questions before I go on, because I I fear that we could just go through it too quick otherwise. (coughs) Have a have a think. What is it? Where is your heart? For where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Where is your heart? What matters to you? Let's just bring it to God. Let's just. You can do this individually. Just have a think for a couple of minutes. Okay. So Lord, we ask you to search us. We ask you to show us where our hearts are. Father, that our hearts might rest on you. That we might place you above all things that we might be like that man who stumbled across something in a field and sold all he had to receive it. That all we have is enough. It doesn't matter how much we have to give of ourselves, but that you ask us to give our all. And Father, we do that We lay down our lives before you. And we ask you to complete that process. We recognize that we can lay down our lives and then somehow we try and pick them up again. But Father, I pray this morning that we would come to you afresh. That we would lay down. Lay down ourselves. Lay down our needs. That we might pick up The fullness that we can know in you to know that life that is truly life. Is a little bit more of a help to help you unpack where your treasure is. We'll come back, come back to this uh, point in a moment. But uh, um, a scripture from Luke 6, Luke 6.45 says, A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good. An evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And to me, there's a clear warning here that although treasure is generally thought to be good and true and beautiful, we can hoard up stuff that actually isn't. We can keep stuff to ourselves, grab hold of stuff, refuse to let go of stuff which basically doesn't belong. And Jesus is saying, out of the overflow or out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks it's quite a good indication of what's in our heart. So what comes out when you're under pressure? What comes out when stuff happens that maybe you'd have preferred not to happen? That's a good indicator of what's inside. So it might be time for an honest appraisal here. Have you hoarded up things that don't belong? It's time to jettison them. But there's good news and that is actually God's given us a treasure in a jar of clay. And so the reality is you go through life, you store up stuff. If you've got a cellar, you store up a lot of stuff. No, that's just my problem. Uh, but as you go through life, I think my life might actually have a cellar. I've just realized that's, that's probably just that God speaking to me. It might be time to clear out that attic, clear out that basement, clear out wherever it is you've stashed that stuff, which really don't belong. Because God wants us to have his treasure. For God said in 2 Corinthians 4, let, the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. I want to remind us of how great this treasure is that he's given us. And that in his grace, he chooses to put that into us. This all surpassing, the word for all surpassing, I had a little look at the sorts of things it means. It's the same power that uh, Jesus used to heal the sick, to raise the dead, uh, to cast out demons. It's the power that enabled the early church to, to face persecution. It's the power that enables people in other parts of the world to, to face persecution and trial. It's the power of carrying the gospel. It's the power of actually bringing people to know Jesus. It's the power of leading a guilty one to the knowledge of God and to the hope of heaven. This is all-surpassing power. There is none above it. And that all surpassing power has put, been put into our hearts. So, I was, um, I was reading something else as well uh, over the week. We talks about having good eyes, Jesus talks about being able to see things because we've got good eyes. Uh, and I don't think that's disconnected with this thing of God saying, "Let light shine out of darkness." Now, before we have that Holy Spirit inside us, before we have Him, we just can't see things. <coughs> you know, we we stumble around, but the Holy Spirit enables us to step into a walk of a walk of faith. And uh, I think that God's Enabling us, through this treasure, through this treasure, to walk into a greater measure of fullness of life. So, in conclusion, this is what I think it's about. Treasure, God wants us to have it. He wants us to have his treasure in us, And he's made provision for us all to have as much as we want. Actually, probably more than we want. And you don't have to be worried about being greedy, because actually, there's plenty more where it comes from. This is the one thing... uh, This is um, something that came out last night. We were talking about the field. And we said, how unfair. What the man should have done is stumbled across the the treasure and say it was David's field, i go up to David and say, David, I found some treasure in your field. Do you know what it's worth? Whereas actually what he does is he goes away, sells everything, must have been a very valuable field anyway, and buys it, and then he's rubbing his hands together because he's got hold of the treasure. And we said, but that's not really fair. He should have told him. In a way, meeting with God has got to be a bit like that that everything else has got to come secondary. When you meet with God, it's about you and him. We can want to others to come to know him, but when I am dealing with God, I can't deal with God on your behalf. I can, only, I can only bring myself to him. I can encourage you, but at the end of the day, what matters is I bring myself to him. If I'm not drinking at the at the stream then I, I can't bring anything to you. So, so I think that's, that's kind of interesting, because I think it's, it's, it's something which is, yes, I want God to, to, to fill me, to use me, but I also want God to for myself, <laughs> kind of. And, uh, but the amazing thing is that God relates to us in such a way that he is all ours, kind of. There's no one needs to get in, my, in the way of my relationship with God. I don't need someone to stand between me and God. I can just relate to him. You can relate to him. As, as one to another. And I think that this morning, for some, some folk, it may be that this is a time when that sense of standing behind other people needs to be dealt with. Because actually you don't need to stand on your parents' faith. You don't need to stand on your friends' faith. You can stand on your own faith. God's calling you and has made provision for you to connect to him. This is about total surrender, though. There is no shortcut. It's about him being Lord and me being his son. And it's not about, like the, like the widow, it's not about showing what others think. You bring to him what you can in realness. And as you bring to him what he, what he sees, the reality that he sees is what matters. What's inside of you will come out. So hoard up treasure, treasure that lasts. The treasure of the Holy Spirit. Now back in the day, the days of absolute 80s and exciting times like that, when the music was real, I used to really enjoy certain songs. I'm not going to sing one, it's all right. Although I, you know, I probably could, obviously. Shall I pass it back to you? Um, When God first met with me, there were certain songs that I found helpful to meditate on. It's that meditate word again. And I think that it would be useful for us as we're, we're in a time when we're looking at shorter songs, fewer words, things that we can really bring to God over and over, I think this could be a time when God begins to give you greater fruit in uh, your time with him. I used to walk around the block singing this song to myself. Uh, I sometimes still drive singing this song to myself. But it's one that, to me, indicates something about his importance to me. It's called, Lord, You Are More Precious. Now, I said to Mark, so do you know that song? He went, so obviously it's, you know, he's a bit too young, obviously, a bit too young, maybe. Um, So, Lord, you are more precious. And uh, I just wanted to use it as we finish before we go, and we're going to go into worship. um, To basically flow into something, which is a kind of a response. I think this is a time when we can be reaching out to him, about declaring that, yes, Lord, you are the most important. I will lay down every other thing. There is nothing I desire that compares with you. Declare that nothing is more precious than you. Lord, we bring to you our concerns, we bring to you our worries, but Lord, we say there is nothing else we desire that compares with you. Father, we reach out to you and we call out to you. Father, move amongst us, have your way, Lord. Let us be those that would drink from your well. That we would draw waters from the wells of salvation with joy. Move amongst us, Lord. You are precious. You are faithful. Hallelujah.
1: Okay
2: we're going to just uh, take some time to respond to God in in worship um When I was thinking about this morning, I had a really strong sense from God that actually he wants to meet us afresh today. Um, And I'm expecting the Holy Spirit really to meet with us, to fill us afresh. And uh, just as we were listening to that song, just feel that sense of God saying, I'm here. All you have to do is say... I'm here. So we're going to take a couple of songs now. Um, We're going to start with Spirit of the Living God. And uh, let's invite God's Spirit to meet with us afresh. And if you're feeling like what Neil's talked about, you can't quite grab that treasure. Hey, here's the good news it's here because it's Christ, and he is here with us, and he's here to do us good.